Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Sanctuary Church. I am so glad that you are here today. If you are one of our first-time guests and one of our returning guests today, we welcome you today in Jesus' name. We're so glad that you're here, so glad you're back. We're glad to see what the Lord is going to do in your life here in the coming days. At the sanctuary, we believe that this is a place of life, this is a place of hope, this is a place of love, this is a place to belong, and I'm excited to see how God is going to continue to unfold His perfect plan and His perfect will in your life. So I'm glad you're here today, amen. If you're in the audience today, praise God. Thank you for being in person today. Well, yeah, sure, give yourselves a hand for being here. Those that are joining us online, glad to see what God is going to do in this wonderful, wonderful day, this wonderful Sunday. And now, as I was preparing for this day, preparing for this particular sermon, I ran across a great story, and it really describes how I often feel. So there are these three guys, and they are trudging through the forest, all right? And they came up across this huge, raging river. And so they needed to get to the other side and said, you know, so the first guy, he prays, he said, God, Please give me the strength to cross over this river. And then, bam, God gives him these huge arms and legs, and he's able to swim across in about two hours, having almost drowned twice. Okay? He got the second guy, so he begins to pray. He's like, Lord, <laughs> give me the strength and the tools to cross over this raging river. So, all of a sudden, bam, God provides a rowboat, <laughs> strong arms and legs. And so this guy is able to cross over, only, uh, only really capsizing almost just once, all right? Just, just about to capsize only one time. So seeing what happened to these first two guys, the third guy prays, God, give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross over the river. Bam, the guy was turned into a woman. He checks a map, <laughs> hikes about 100 yards upstream and crosses over the bridge <laughs> that had been there <laughs> the entire time. Now, come on, guys, that's painfully <laughs> obvious, but it is kind of funny. I mean, aren't we the worst at directions, guys? Anybody in the room today? I hate stopping for directions. Anybody else in the room? If you're a guy, do you agree with me? If, yeah, there's, okay, so can you give me some help here? I need some help. I need some assurance. I am not the only one. I hate stopping for directions. That is me to a T. You know, it's so much easier. Just keep on driving. You know what? We got this. I'm mean, going to turn around. We'll figure this out. It'll be just fine rather than pulling over and asking for help, right? In life, sometimes it's so much easier to just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and going. But when, the deal is when we're working so hard to get to somewhere, we only realize at that moment we're heading in the wrong direction, right? right. Now, spiritually speaking, how much energy do we expend as we wander through life? And we don't take advantage of the resources that have been provided to us from the Lord. So today, I think it's very timely and very hopefully helpful as we discuss this today. We're going to talk about making the most of every single day possible as a gift from God. Amen? Amen. 
I want to determine God's will for my life and then walk in that way. Anybody with me today? I know that God has got a plan for you. God has got a plan for you. God has got a plan for us. And the key is to determine God's path, God's will for our life, and then walk toward God's perfect plan and will every single day. Amen. And so today we're going to turn our attention to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and beginning at verse 5. It reads this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say all your heart. All your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways. Somebody say all your ways. All your ways. Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Amen. So today we're going to begin a brand new sermon series entitled Decisions, Decisions, The Power to Become. I want to be all that God is forming me to become today. Anybody with me today? If so, why don't we give God praise in the house today? As we get started, you know, as a pastor, I get asked a ton of questions all the time. And the questions that I'm most commonly asked are this, what do you think God wants me to do? What do you think God's will is for my life? I get folks from all across the spectrum, those in college, those in high school, those that are in our more of our generational group. They're always asking God, how do I determine the will of God for my life? Can I tell us today that the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow? The decisions that we make today determine the stories that we actually live out tomorrow because you are, in fact, a result of the decisions that you have made in your past. Right here, right now, right where you are today, you are exactly where you are today because of the decisions that you have made in your past. And so today I want to follow God. Amen. I want the leading of the Spirit of God to transform me and change me to become more like Him. Who will you become? And what you will be able to accomplish in the future, for the most part, is really a re direct result of decisions made today. So let's be honest. Uh, just like, uh, you know, I'm terrible with reading maps. Now, if you stick it in my GPS, I might have a chance. But if I'm looking at a map, map, I am terrible, right, at following directions. In life, sometimes we are terrible at making good, godly decisions on our own ability, in our own strength, okay? That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the leading of the Spirit. If it's only up to me to figure out where I need to go in life, I will only get so far. But when I begin to trust in Jesus, when I begin to trust in the Lord and allow God to direct my paths, all of a sudden, everything changes and I allow the promises of Scripture, the promises of God's word to impact my present and certainly my future. Let's be honest. Here's the deal. Have we ever made a permanent decision based upon a temporary emotion? I mean, marketers love this. I mean, they're like, man, buy the car now, right? <laughs> don't go home. Don't take 24 hours. Buy it right now because they want to make an instant sale. You walk into H-E-B and you know all the candy that's sitting there right on the shelf? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
They're hoping at the point of purchase, point of sale, that you are going to be, man, I just need that Twix candy bar right now. They are hopeful that in that moment, you're going to make a permanent decision, and it's going to make something that's going to be long-lasting on your waistline for a long time. Now, a little bit more serious stuff. Have you ever lost your temper? I mean, some of us, we do that, right? We lose our temper. And here's the thing. You don't have to raise your hand on this one. But have you ever not only just lost your temper, but maybe today on the way to church, you lost your temper. Oh, God, help us. Maybe we said something, did something in the vehicle. Maybe we didn't quite, you know, didn't handle, you know, eating our cornflakes very well this morning. And because of that, we're, you know, filing in not exactly the way we needed to be this morning. Somewhere, somehow, there are decisions that we make on a daily basis, right? And they impact where we are right now. A lot of times we end up making decisions that we regret. Maybe you regret the person you dated. Maybe you regret that big purchase you made. Maybe it was a move that you made in life. Maybe it was that moment when you, you know, said, hey, hold my uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey, watch this. <laughs> I'm about to do something crazy, right? Sometimes you're going to do some things in life. <laughs> By the way, I substituted Dr. Pepper, if you don't know. There's something else that often is said in that moment because, but we are Christ followers in the room. Amen. Somebody with me. Amen. <laughs> All right. Some of you right now have a significant decision to make in your life because you're a senior. You're graduating from high school. What do I do next? Do I go to college, university? Do I go get a job? Do I take a senior year? If you know what even that means. Maybe you're dating somebody. You're, you know, they look pretty good, but there's some things you're just not so sure about. So you wonder, should I stick around with this person hoping that they may change or should I wait for somebody else to come along? Should I take that new job offer or should I stay with the one that I've got? Should I go and purchase that brand new car, try to fix up that current car that I've got and see if I can make it last for another six months? Should we have a third kid or is two enough? Got a lot of important decisions to make. Folks in the front row are laughing with me. Hey, these are life decisions we all got to make, right? The struggle's real sometimes. We've got to understand there is even a lot that is written in social sciences regarding this matter, that there are so many decisions that we have to make on a daily basis that the reason why perhaps we struggle is that today we have so many more options than we did some 20, 30 years ago. We have something that's termed decision fatigue. We're tired of making decisions, all right? We're tired of making decisions, and it starts oftentimes because we're inundated with so many choices every day. You know, and here's the deal. Let's face it. We're often afraid of making the wrong decisions too, right? I mean, we're, we're afraid of making an imperfect decision. So, in fact, many of us sometimes, we just make no decision at all. And that may, that's even worse than an imperfect decision. <laughs> I believe that if we're going to be Christ followers in our world today, here in 2021, that we've got to allow the spirit of God, the work of God to, to saturate our soul and allow divine direction to be what determines our life. Amen. We need to allow the spirit of God, God Almighty, to be the one that sets the course for our life every single day. And so today I want to build on a foundation 
that's determining the will of God for our life. And to really try to answer that real big question when it comes to God's will, what does God care about? That's a great question, right? What does God really care about? Well, the first thing is this. God cares about who before do. God cares about the who before do. When it comes to the will of God, God cares about who you are more than what you're going to do for a living. It begins with who you are. Who am I in the sight of the Lord? What is God trying to mold me into? Who is God calling me to become? That is the first question that has got to be central to this conversation. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it reads this way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all, somebody say all, all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want God's will to occur in my life. Somebody with me, amen. I want to every single day allow these words in this passage to transform my life. God, allow my life to be a living sacrifice, a testimony of what you're trying to do in me. I want to know God's will for my life, and I believe we all do as well. What is God's will? Well, according to this verse, he's calling us to be holy. Somebody say he's calling us to be holy. The Greek word translated holy is agios. It means to be set apart. It means just be different, different than what's going on. Talking about not copying the behavior and the customs of this world. And so if we are a Jesus follower, we're not to live or look like the world. We're not to be driven by the values of the world system. We're not supposed to live with this temporary world system in our mind and really what the world deems important. The Bible calls us to become more like Jesus. Every day, God, that you will guide my steps, quicken my mind, help me understand what it really means to be more like Jesus. When we look to the Lord, what we find, it's really interesting. But Jesus, he doesn't talk much about people's careers. What does he talk about? He talks about the who, right? He talks about the character. He talks about who much more than do. He does not really talk much about vocational career. He talks about character, calling, integrity, being an individual set apart, separated to do God's work. In fact, when Jesus brings up this idea of job, he would often actually, those, those passages that we read about this idea of job, he was often inviting them to leave their job and follow him. So when he's talking about jobs, often he's not even telling you what to do. He's just saying, look, I need you to, to move from where you are and follow me. Because who you are following is more important than what you're doing. The question that people essentially ask is this, what does God want me then to do? When really the better question 
is this. Who does God want me to become? What are you calling me to become? The person of integrity care. Who are you calling me? Because if you'll start there, start at that first point, that first peg in the wheel, okay? It's kind of like you're making a puzzle. You're trying to put the pieces together in a puzzle. Start with that corner piece, that main central theme, that main central corner. Who does God want me to become? Because if we start with that truth, the who, it will eventually lead us to do what God is calling us to do, okay? His primary will is that I become holy. His primary will is more about my character than about my job. As a pastor, I want you to know this is what I do, but this is not who I am. Because I could be a pastor and I could be so far off of God's will. Okay, I can be so far out of the will of God and not be right with my with my God. My character, you know, something maybe my character's crumbling. I mean, I could be doing the right thing, saying the right things, but live in a totally different way. So if I preach a good message, but I'm abusive to my wife, I am not in God's will. Right. <laughs> if I preach a really good message and I make my son angry all the time and push him away from God, I am not in the will of God. <laughs> If I'm a charismatic leader, get things done, but I never pay the bills. I am irresponsible with money. I'm not living up to my responsibilities. I am not in God's will. God would rather me do something with a pure heart than do something that appears spiritual and live with unconfessed sin in my life. So God, help us understand. He is more concerned about the who, who we are, rather than the do. Who before the do. Somebody with me today. So why don't we give God praise for that? Sure. So from a practical perspective, what does this mean? How does this apply to us? Should I date this person or not? Well, really, what we're called to do is date that person with integrity, okay, and make sure that they're passionate about serving Jesus. Do your best to be the best person in that relationship, the God-centered individual in that relationship. Be the right who when you're dating somebody and serve Jesus there. Should I stay in this place or should I take a job somewhere else? Well, the key is wherever you are, be faithful to Jesus right there. Be a faithful Jesus follower. Let it start right there. Should I focus on business economics <laughs> or should I, you know, under, you know, maybe education as a major? doesn't matter really where we begin. It starts with wherever I am in that class, let me start there. Let me serve Jesus right there. You got to think about this. The do in the future must be subset to the who. Who am I? Who are you calling me to become, Lord? How am I, am I being formed in your image? The better question, instead of saying, what do you want me to do in the future, Jesus? Who do you want me to become in the present, Jesus? Who do you want me to become right here? 
start with the who. Divine direction means that we are actually being conformed. We are being transformed into a person following after the Lord. Step by step, we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect on this side of heaven, but we are striving toward the Lord. We are working toward what God is trying to call us to be so that we can actually be a light in the darkness so that our words and our actions align to a lost and hurting world so that when they see us, we're pointing them to Jesus. When they see who we are on Monday, it aligns with who we are on a Sunday. So God, help me in this process. These decisions that I'm making for me, God, fashion me in your image. Make me more like you. The second thing I'd like us to think about is God's will is why before what? God's will is why before what? What am I talking about? Motives matter to God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this. Motives matter to God. You know, God sees what's on the inside already. He already knows what's going on. He already knows what we're all about. So motives are certainly something God sees and knows about. Proverbs 16 and verse 2. All a person's ways seem pure to them. But motives... Everybody say motives. Motives are weighed by the Lord. You know what I love about Scripture is it's oftentimes this wonderful truth that reveals something within us that, man, it just changes. It can really cut to the heart of the matter. It can change us. When we begin to realize what Scripture is really saying and, it allow, and apply it to our lives, it can change everything about us. I mean, for instance... The fact that scripture would say that we have this unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves. Amen. Oh, I know. That was a fun one, right? <laughs> Come on, preacher. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm telling you. I, I mean, and you might, this might not be anybody in this room, okay? It's probably the folks that are watching online. So let's put it, point it on them, all right? It's nobody in this. But we have this unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves. And so God, help us reveal the truth of the matter. God, reveal some things in our heart. Peel, peel back the layers in our heart and reveal what's really on the inside. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Amen. That's true. We may think everything we're doing is right, but God does judge our motives. There's an old saying. There's two reasons why somebody does something. All right. Two reasons why everybody does something. It's, first of all, the reason that we tell everybody. And then there's the real reason. <laughs> okay? There's a reason that we tell folks, yeah, this, this, is, this is why I'm doing this, you know? And, and by the way, can you stand right there? I got to take a selfie because I need to make sure. It's all right to take selfies. I'm okay with that, you know? But if my motivation is just so that I get brownie points with somebody else, I think I'm missing something. I ought to be magnifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I ought to be able to bring him glory. And should other people come along, great, fabulous, wonderful. Can I make God famous in this moment? Sure, absolutely. But if it's all about me, when I don't get the praise or when I don't get the likes on social media, then all of a sudden I begin to spiral out of control. So God help me understand motives matter. Amen. For example... <laughs> If you were to hear these words, dad, you are the best dad ever. I love you so much, dad. You are amazing. Dad, by the way, 
uh, can I get that new Lego kit that I saw on Amazon yesterday? It's only like, you know, 99, 99. It's really not bad at all. Motives matter to God. Amen. Somebody with me today? If so, all right, motives matter to the Lord. You know, I really think that scripturally, what, what we find is wonderful examples of this. David talked about this, and one of the pieces of the puzzle in, in Psalm 139 talks about searching me, God, right? Lord, search my heart. In Psalm 139 and verse 23, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me. It didn't ask for his neighbor to search him. Didn't ask for what the preacher thought of him. No, it was God, you, you be the judge in my heart, in my life. If nobody else notices but you, Lord, is it gonna be all right? Again, Lord, search me, know my heart, try me, know my anxiety, see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, in that way that pleases you in that way that transforms me. God, help me become who you're calling me to become. Can I share with you that it's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the, right, when you have the wrong motives? It's almost impossible, impossible to get to the right place when we have the wrong motives. It's almost impossible to end up in the right destination when you start with the wrong why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why is this on our heart? Is this God's will? What is God's will? God is trying to help us understand. Many of us, you know, we've got this God stuff figured out, so we don't need any of this, so that's fine. That's great. You know, come back next week. I will talk about the wisdom of God and God granting us wisdom. Fabulous. Wonderful. But for some of us in the room, okay, we wrestle with this why thing. We wrestle with this idea that how do I discover God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? The why matters. Somebody say the why matters. So you want to buy a car. Why? Is it because it's something you can afford? You want something, you know, a great, great wheels of transportation, reliability, or you're trying to make a statement, trying to buy something you just can't afford, but you want everybody to think that you're just kind of all that. You're posting a photo. Is it because you want to share something meaningful or is it, you know, maybe to point to God's goodness or because you want everybody to think, look how cool I am. Paul said this so powerfully to the church at Colossia in Colossians chapter 3 and 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, somebody say word or deed. Do all, somebody say all, there it is again. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's a tough one, right? Right there, that's a tough one. Whatever you do, whatever you do, okay, whatever we do. If you're listening here in person, it means anything, right? Whatever we do, if you're listening online, type it in the chat. Whatever you do in word or do, we are called to do so to bring glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. 
wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're called to serve Jesus right there. God, help me to understand even the small things, God will reward them one glorious day. The big things, God, are going to reward those as well. But God sees all. He knows exactly what we are doing for him and for his kingdom. Whoever you're dating, serve them. Serve the Lord right there. Now, you might say, look, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm up to my neck in laundry and spit up. (laughs) Wash that laundry and clean that spit up for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? Go ahead. Why? Hopefully, during that time, you're praying for your kid (laughs) while you're thinking, man, this kid has more clothing that he gets dirty than I I don't even know what the deal is, you know. Right? Right? Pray for that child while you're praying for their future. Consider the ways in which that child will follow ultimately the will of God for their life. In the difficult seasons of life, it's so important that we're doing things with the right motives. You might say, man, I'm a student. I've got big plans, aspirations one day, okay? That's fine. That's all right. Serve Jesus where you are right now. One day I'm going to be a missionary overseas. You know what? Why don't we be a missionary in our biology class right now, right where we are? Be faithful where you are. Amen. God is calling us to live this thing out right now and right here, not 20 years from now. Wherever we are, instead of saying, God, what's that big thing you have for me way out there one day, okay? We're called to serve Jesus now. When we serve Jesus right here and right now, it will help us get to the right there. I heard a message a couple years back. Actually, it was at uh, Youth Congress, North American Youth Congress. And one of the speakers mentioned this idea of how big is the stage of our life? And are we only willing to serve God on the stage where everybody sees, or are we willing to serve God when nobody else sees? God, help us understand he is calling me to grow. Lord, you are calling me to be a person of character, a person of integrity, a person that's willing to say, God, search my heart today. Try my faith today. Help me see, God, that the bigger things that are out there will only develop and occur when I can do the small things for you right here and now. People look to someone who's successful. They think, man, they must have made a few really big decisions that helped them become successful. Chances are that's not really the case. Really, it it was a thousand little decisions that they made every single day, every day. And when you see someone faithfully making a difference for the Lord, it was countless decisions of denying self dying to self day after day after day. And now God has elevated them to make a major difference in the kingdom to ultimately bring God glory. So God, help me understand what you're calling me to become often begins with why. It begins with who before do, why before what. When we get these right, God is able to lead us step by step on that right path 
to that place that he's calling us to. You know, when I think about the Lord, you know, what was amazing about him, Jesus, he came to the people that were on this earth. And at that time, so many people, they hated him. I mean, these folks tortured him brutally, ultimately would kill him on Calvary's cross. Why do you think he didn't call down angels from heaven to end all of that suffering? How did he do what he did? Well, he knew who he was, and he knew why he came. He did not come to be served. He came to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. His purpose and his mission unfolded in his life. And that was the very thing that kept him on Calvary's cross. He understood that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Today, I'm thankful for what Christ did for me on Calvary. His grace and mercy extended into my life so that I could be delivered delivered from my sins. I'm thankful for God's grace in my life. Amen. Where would I be without his mercy today? Where would I be without the grace of God? Where would I be without understanding that God loved me when I was unlovable? He desired to save me when I was unknown to anybody else. He saw you. He saw me. And that's what kept him on Calvary's cross. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus knew why he came. If you want to do something big for the Lord in the future, be who God has called you to be today, right here, right now. If you want to do something great for the Lord, do something small for him right now. Because when we're faithful in the little, guess what? The Bible says he's going to begin to trust us with much. Be faithful in the little things to do what God is calling us, and in doing so, God's will can unfold in us. When we look to the teachings of the Lord, it really wasn't about career. It wasn't about places. It was all about people. It was all about God's love, what God was trying to call us to. He was understanding this. Christ was understanding this about the human nature. You know, we want to always protect self and do things for self when he's really calling us to serve others and serve him. Love God and love one another. On these hang the entire law and the prophets. Everything in those several books of your New Old Testament being fulfilled in the New Testament. When we understand the greatest command, love God and love people, it really becomes who we are. It begins a, a reflection of our life every single day. God, that you will guide me and direct me to life's purposes and plans every single day. Help me understand it's never really been all about me, but it's always been all about you. So transform my motivation today. Help me understand what you're calling me to become today. If I I really desire to see your will unfold greatly in my life. I've got to be willing to do the small things now, the little steps now, and ultimately greater things will unfold in my life. When we get the who right, you do more. When we get the why right, the what has power. Instead of obsessing about what's out there, we need to be faithful to right here because that's where God has planted us. 
God has placed you here for such a season. God has called you now, and he's got a purpose in your heart to fulfill right now. Let's stand. You know, I looked at scripture, and there are a multitude of examples of this unfolding. Um, one in the Old Testament really captures my heart. And there was this moment, this decision that had to be made. And the people of God weren't sure about crossing into the promised land. They weren't exactly sure if it was worth it. They weren't too sure. They said, well, there, there's going to be a cost associated with following the voice of God, the will of God, God's best for our life. There was going to be a cost associated with it. And so they all gathered together, and their leader at the time, Joshua, gets up. And he's like, look, everybody, I don't know what y'all are going to do. I don't think he said y'all, by the way. I don't know what you're going to do. But what I do realize is this. God is calling you to go further. God is calling you to go deeper. And the Bible penned these words, and they were really the words of, of Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the gods of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, all the otherites on the, <laughs> that you were serving on the other side. Or will you today choose to follow the Lord? So he points them to a decision. But then he brings the application in. He says, look, but as for me and my house, everybody that's in my house under my rooftop, <laughs> everybody that I know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It was a declaration of faith. It was a faithful statement by this young leader at the time, not exactly sure how things would unfold in the life of his own house or his own family, didn't even know what the future would actually you know, unfold and become. But he, understand, he understood this great principle. No matter what happens, I'm following the Lord. No matter where God takes me along the journey, no matter the highs and the lows, the battles that we fight, the valleys that we have to endure, the darkness at times, the despair, the discouragement, the mountaintops, the victory, the celebrations, no matter what it looks like, I'm choosing to follow the Lord. And not only me. <laughs> I'm going to take a whole household with me. And I'm inviting you as a nation to follow me because as for me and my house, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're going, but we choosing, we're choosing to follow after Jesus. In this room today, I believe that there is a declaration. There is a witness in the faith today that God is calling us to step forward today. God is calling us to be faithful in the small things. And ultimately, God will reward us in the greater things. But the question is this, who are we before going and doing something matters to God. Why we're doing something matters before we go and do something for the Lord. Because if I miss this mark, if I miss it, what's going to happen is I will be spiritually immature, underdeveloped, and at the first sign of conflict, I'm going to run the other way. It's a decision. 
We already know what Christ did for us. We already know the power and the sacrifice that was paid for us on Calvary. We have a command, a commission to go and do, right? But before we can go and do, we've got to become formed, fashioned in the image of God. Mold us, God. Make us, God. I pray Jesus right now. We are about to pray. I'm going to open up the front part of this auditorium. I'm inviting you to come and pray in just a moment because I know there's some young people in this room. There are some men and women of faith today that really desire to follow after Jesus. But for some reason amongst all the other noises of life, we perhaps drowned out the very thing God has been calling us to become calling us to do because we've missed a few things. So today I want a hard reset in my spiritual life. God, that you'll speak life into my soul. God, that you will under, help me understand that today is my day to choose to follow you. Today is my day to, to follow faithfully after the calling that you have placed in my heart. Today is the day to surrender my all to you. But it begins with a heart decision. It begins with a movement toward Jesus and saying, God, here I am am. Send me. Here I am, Lord, for me. Here I am. Do what you need to do in me so that I can become all that you are calling me to become. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'd like to make some final concluding remarks before we find a place of prayer. If you're here in the auditorium, I invite you to come to the front. If you're listening online, I invite you to find a place of prayer right now. I believe that when we are faithful to right here, to what's going on right here, we will end up in the right space, in the right there. You see, we try to plan our direction. We try to plan our purposes when it really needs to be God who directs our steps. That's why when I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus, I don't have to worry about what's out there. I don't have to worry about the future. Jesus said, if you will follow me step by step, I will lead you. Not toward some other thing out there, but his divine direction right now, right here. Every single day, God, for me, I want to be more like you. Help me choose to do what's right in your sight. Amen. God, help me be driven by the proper why today. Lead me to the right what today. God, do what only you can do in me today. Because it's never been about us. It's always all been about Jesus. So form us right now, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, surrender our all today. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray right now that you will speak life into our hearts and our souls. For some of us, God, we've been wandering, we've been searching, we've been seeking after you, not being able to hear from you, not being able to determine what you have for us, when really, I think we forgot a few things, Lord Jesus. Really, there's a few things we need to settle in our heart right now. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll quicken our heart now. Help us understand the calling that you have placed in us to serve you right here, not out there, but primarily right here. God, that you will form us and fashion us in your image. Help us now understand that today is the day to place you at the center of all areas of our life. Lord, we choose this day to serve you and we're bringing our whole household today in your sight. We're trusting you for greater things, God. We're trusting you for your will to occur in us. Do what only you can do. Speak life into our heart and soul now. Speak it, Lord, in Jesus' name as we forgive others today, as we are formed in your image today, as we receive the healing, the emotional and spiritual healing that we need today, we release the pain to you. 
We release the confusion to you. And today we are going to trust in you for greater things. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm inviting you to come to the front if you'd like to pray right now. The presence of the Lord is in the house today. God is ministering today. God wants to speak life into your situation. God wants to speak hope into your soul today. Amen. If you'd like to find a place of prayer, I invite you. Let's make this entire place a place of prayer. We're going to surrender to Jesus right now and pray God's will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. God, I pray that that you will transform us now. Lord, we surrender our all to you and we place you, Jesus, at the center of it all. In the name of Jesus, let's all pray. The presence of God is in the house. God wants to speak life into your situation. Let's all find a place of prayer in the name of the Lord.